So Kennedy asked what I was doing on my laptop and what kind of laptop it was because the WASD buttons all have a white, you know, just an indicator. Mm -hmm. And she was like, why are those different? So I explained it to her and she was, she asked if she could play a game. And I go, yeah, I'll load up Chivalry 2 for you to check out. <laughs> Jack's busy doing stuff. And I pull it up on the computer and I got Kennedy and Quinn playing it. Who Quinn is a beast. She killed <laughs> She has no idea. She's trying to farm stuff because she plays so much Minecraft. I'm like, you mm-hmm. can't farm that. You know? She's like, okay. And then Jack turns around and he goes, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't do it, you know? <laughs> Good. Good. I was like, oh, you chopped his leg off, Quinn. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to Couch Co-op, a video game podcast. It's basically a book club, only for us video game nerds. My name's Matt. I'm joined by Dave and Jack. And today, we're going to kind of just run through our best moments of podcasting in 2022. This is basically, we've been doing this for about two and a half years. So kind of neat to take a moment, kind of reflect on all the great episodes, the lowlights, the highlights, and everything in between. But before we dive into that, we always like to start off by covering what we've been playing lately. So, Jack, you want to start us off? What have you been playing lately, bud? Uh, I finished Citizen Sleeper, and a slow start to that one. Just as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's way off my typical radar. But um, this, like, dice-oriented RPG, mostly text-based, um i don't play these games like my lazy example is disco elysium but it's really it's not as ambitious as disco um you know in disco there's all these different personalities of the main character um the story gets really kind of philosophical and complex this is more meat and potatoes and i think because of that i actually liked it a lot more um it's still a really cool story that I don't know by the end of it. I was, I was really involved in what the character was doing. Um, I was, I was making choices that like actively sabotaged my chances of success just based around like being like a good character in the world I was in and honoring, you know, my, my allegiances and stuff. Just, just, I mean, look, you guys know me, this is not my, my forte. I, I don't, I don't really do this. So um, yeah, I, I would hope that you guys would check it out at some point. Um, it only takes about eight, 10 hours to complete a game um, and just a really uh, well done narrative story. Um, and then outside of that, Dave and I have been playing Grounded with our friend Ryan. Uh, this is a game that I was looking forward to for months, realized it was never going to come to PlayStation. And so I bit the bullet and uh, went and scooped myself up an Xbox. And I'm shoot, I'm really glad I did because we have been nerding out a lot over the last uh, two weeks. Uh, Dave, you got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was on quite a decent break after, you know, for the last half of December. I, I wanted to 
chill out on it for a little bit and give myself some breathing room. And Jack, you know, had mentioned it. So the amazing thing is we got this set up in under like 45 minutes. I open my laptop, I get on Xbox, I get my account set up, the, which I supposedly had from a while ago. So how I remembered the password and all that was pretty amazing. But then I put in my PlayStation 5 dongle and I use my headset and then we run it through Microsoft's chat program, which links up the console and the PC. So I was pretty shocked at how well we flowed. There's some DC issues here and there, but if you see the size of this game and the scope of it, I'm not too surprised that occasionally something like that happens. Uh, I'm amazed at this game, frankly. Uh, you can go through and chop down just about anything in the yard and use it as a resource and rebuild something um well and to clarify it's it's a survival game based around your all your characters getting shrunk down to the size of uh ants and you're running around this backyard it's a survival game so you're doing a lot of resource gathering like plumber was saying you can chop anything in the yard um yeah and just about most surfaces you can build on so they have a zipline system and and we get, you know, we're playing with Ryan, AKA Tool Geek on this. He left the game a bit early last night. So Jack and I were on it for a bit and we decided to, or the other night, and we decided to utilize the zip line to try and get to different parts of the map just much more quickly and efficiently than we've been doing. And I ended up building this huge set of ladders up on this tree and then setting up platforms around this tree and then setting a few zip lines, you know, so that that could be the high point. And it, it just, it looks amazing. Well, it's kind of interesting because we were about five, six hours into this game. And I, I commented to Dave, I was like, I'm kind of disappointed, like how small this yard is. Like I heard how big this world was supposed to be, you know, and you're shrunk down to ants. So everything, you know, obviously the scale is really cool, but we could make it across the map and roughly like, 10 minutes you know uh walking and i was like man it just it's i just expected this to be a little bit more um impressive and then as the game goes on the verticality kind of comes into play and you realize that even though you can cross the map if you have a direct line in like 10 minutes there's so many different areas you can go explore like whether it's a picnic bench up in the air that you we like like Dave was saying we had to create a staircase too there's a huge tree or on the flip side there's like a a pond that you feel like you know you're jumping into a game of subnautica and going down and there's this huge goldfish you know it's a normal goldfish but it's massively larger than than you um and so there's just so much area to explore um they do a really good job on like building up the tech tree so like as you gather more recess resources you get stronger and stronger equipment more more variety of equipment so you can go tackle areas that you couldn't before so it really just has a satisfying game loop uh yeah and it's uh the depth of it is pretty nuts um there's a parry system involved uh there's mutagens uh, which, you know, give you power boost, basically run faster, better defense, max health, all that kind of stuff. And they're really easy to switch and they're very versatile. They're versatile. They're very good tools because 
you know, honestly, most of the time, and this is a nice, another nice thing about this game is that you can share this world so that, you know, uh, Jack and Ryan can get into it anytime they want without me hosting it or someone else hosting it. So it's available 24 seven to the other players. So a lot of the times when I jump in and the other two aren't on, I just do a lot of harvest resourcing, trying to get food and all that kind of stuff built up so that when all three of us are in, you know, the idea is that we're not spending so much time doing that. And that's something that I kind of generally don't mind doing, you know, like it gives me time to search the map and really explore things without having to commit to sticking to someone's side. So a lot of my powers that are completely buffed is like chopper and rock breaker and stuff. So it's very easy for me to go out and say, oh, we need X amount of stem sticks or something like that, which is cutting a dandelion down kind of is the wood for this world. And it's very easy for me to go out and do, you know, whereas Jack is more offensive built, you know, he's so much of an adventurer that a lot of his uh, playtime is like fighting stuff, you know, while we're out and about. So, um, yeah, I do think if I had a complaint about this game is it's pretty resource intensive and that's a pretty standard thing for survival games. But for me, this kind of goes a little bit too far and that you're, you really do have to do some grinding. So thankfully, I do have Plum to, to do most of that for me, because otherwise I'd be struggling. Which is the first thank you I've gotten for that was just now. I felt like an underappreciated housewife for like the last four days, because these guys just come in and they're just like, oh, we're going to use all this stuff up. And then I'm like, let's go <laughs> collecting. And they're like, no, let's go adventuring. It's like, oh, all right. So. So on the flip side, I've been talking to Dave for months about this game, how how badly I want to play this. How, and he's like, at one point, he's like, just go play it. It's all good. I'm like, no, nah, man, me and you, we're going to do this together. Like, And so I'm on, we're on like four days in. I've been like grinding tough. But, you know, I got a job. I got kids. So I can't keep up with Plumber playing like 12 hours a day. And, and I log in one day and Plum's like, yeah, come check out this new base. And without even consulting me, him and Ryan have built like this palace at this new location. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I thought this was going to be me and you ride or die to the end. So I'm, I just keep my mouth shut. I'm all good. I'm like, whatever, you know. And later on, Ryan's building this ladder up to nowhere. And I start being like, this is a janky ass ladder. I'm like making fun of it. Pope was like, shut up, Jack. You didn't even help with the base building. <laughs> you've been kicked out of your own game jack (laughs) dude dave has doubled my hours and i have been man the wife's giving me glares you know like (laughs) deprived um well anyway uh i i I think the bottom line is this game has just been a lot of fun um you know this 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 you know i talk so much about scale and spectacle on this it's like my two favorite words this delivers those both in spades um it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's just fun storyline, um, goofy, goofy dialogue, and everything just kind of has this sense of like you know living in that old movie, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It, it's really the the gaming version of that movie, and and I think they really outside of a lot of very inoffensive bugs um, and glitches. I think it's it's just really well done. I I having a blast. Early contender for your game of the year top five. Mm, 
it's a top five for me so far but this is a new year you know yeah i know i know just curious like how highly you value it because i know jack's been talking about it kind of casually for a while so now it's finally in your lap we're i would guess like a little over halfway through and at this point for me it it would it's definitely would be like in the top 10 for last year um yeah i don't know if it hit my top five it's it's i don't know i really like it but i don't i don't know if it it's quite there yet we'll see right on i ask mainly because the game i've been playing probably would be a top five and has a very good chance of finishing in my top five this year i i mentioned it last time we recorded one of these was um I picked up Dark Souls 3 in anticipation of our end of the year special um, because I figured I may as well pick that up because I've already got the Platinum and Elden Ring and I had no interest in the arena because I know I'm just going to get smashed. So I've had Dark Souls 3. It's the only modern FromSoft game that I haven't played. I've been dying for an excuse to pick it up, so I gave it a roll. And gentlemen, I have to tell you, I'm at that stage. It's like when you order a really good cocktail – and you're about done with it and you know that nothing else is going to compare to that just like really well built. So you're just kind of like savoring the ice cubes and like getting every last drop out of it. So it's been a blast and it very much remind me how we talked about Resident Evil Village, how in a lot of ways Biohazard may have been superior in a lot of ways. This is kind of where I'm at with Dark Souls 3 and Elden Ring. Like there were certain things that Dark Souls 3 just does so damn good that they just can't do on the scale necessary for Elden Ring. So it, it is worth picking up and playing Jack. I would highly recommend it, even coming off of playing Elden Ring this last year. My big draw for FromSoft is is the boss battles. And how do you think that Dark Souls 3 compares to the other uh, games we've played? It's a good question. Um what the caveat I'll say is that this is the first time I've played a Souls game right. Um, I learned playing Elden Ring that it's about mid-max. So this is the first time that I actually like fully committed to it right out the gates. So I haven't had any difficulty with any of the bosses, but I also fought them all solo, which I can't say for previous FromSoft games I've played. So Were they satisfying, though, or was it just too easy or easier than some previous ones i played but again with crappier builds in previous iterations but that tension's there and they do an excellent job of that they do an excellent job of setting you up like again like i one of my big compliments for elden ring was the way that the save points are, are done in a way where you don't feel completely like screwed over from times when you're right racing through trying to get to a battle but like this one it just felt like it it had the exploration down it's so neat because they just reuse so many things and they really are just like the epitome of just that concept of just refinement where they just have all these ideas even going back to demon souls or honestly even king's field their original title back in like i think the 80s like there are certain gameplay elements that they've just always used or certain names they've always brought about or certain themes and they just keep, you know, refining it and tweaking it and improving it. And it, it's just such a joy. Like I'm just damn impressed with it. And like I said, Elden Ring is so impressive in its own right, just because of the open world aspect to it, which is just so impressive how well it was executed. But this is going back to those original dark souls 
trilogy and demon souls of just a well very well constructed map where every little crook nook and cranny has something to be gained from exploring even if it's a dead end it's still you know you're still catching yourself swinging at everyone looking for those invisible walls you're still catching yourself like reading all the notes like just an awesome experience and, and again i think getting the experience going through elden ring and really appreciating just like that they are kind of the pinnacle of gaming right now and going back and playing this entry and realizing like how much of it was in place before they introduced the open world concept has been a real joy so and yeah they well when you're finished i was going to ask you about a boss fight so no i was just going to say the only the only other follow-up i'd say too is like some of the art styles too i really appreciate because the world is a bit smaller so you can focus there's a little more attention to detail and certain components to it so um which is something i'd love to talk with you sometime like at a later date but uh which boss were you thinking of dave uh dancer of the boreal valley have you gone yeah. to her yet i have yeah. yeah she's one of my top five boss fights ever you know uh you know i think maybe redan you know has like kind of thrown his wedge in there but i really love that fight um i don't know what are your thoughts on it it was really impressive. Uh, very difficult, but again, never felt cheat cheated. Um, it's yeah. the way you're, I think too, the way you're introduced to that one, especially because uh, it, it sneaks up on you. <laughs> so there's that factor too, really like adds to that level of stress <laughs> in it. But, um, yeah, no, it, that one's an excellent one. And yeah, just the, the fluidity of that character in particular is so intimidating because like Elden Ring, I remember like the big joke was like how like the st- big stalled animations as these characters would wind up, take these big dramatic swings at you. And it was actually like so slow and janky at times. I remember that it was hard for me to actually make the dodges correctly because it, the timing was just so like goofy because it's intended for the multiplayer aspect more so then these ones the dancer it it was more it's the motions are so awkward but again you don't feel cheated because that's the character itself is weird angles weird speeds like everything is constantly like mixed up so yeah that's a really good fight that's probably one of my favorite ones i've experienced to be honest of the bunch well having played through elden ring and i i do love the fact that you noted that dark's you understood how much from software laid down before they actually released Elden Ring. Um, think back to Astel, Natural Born. And I think that's why I had such a proclivity to fighting that thing was because not all of it, but some of it reminded me of the dancer, which put me in a state of, I guess, comfort, if that sounds crazy. But, you know, I was like, okay, I think I've seen some of these movesets before in a Souls, you know, from software game. So. No, it's there's some cool callbacks in this one too to like demon souls. Like there's a in the very first world, there's like a dragon that very much it's almost the exact same like set scenario as demon souls, where it just appears and it blocks this area, and literally the only way to defeat it is just like load up like a million arrows and just like shoot it from like a sniper spot, and it's like one of those like Easter egg kind of bosses that like. Only the like super shit bucket nerds will like sit there and shoot as many arrows as it takes to actually take it out. But that was like the thing in Demon Souls too. Like so, it was like for so many people, the first time you play it was like, 
the realization it's like holy crap i can do this like it's this giant creature that like it has hit points like i can only do like a very minimal amount of damage each time but but it's available if you're willing to put in the time but which again is the thing i do always appreciate with the from soft experience is that at the end of the day it's like if it's in the game it's fair game like you know sometimes you're gonna die in a cheap way so you don't feel any guilt if you find an exploit to take out a big bat or a boss or even a group of enemies or whatever, because it's like, you know what? Screw this game. It's it's put me through so much torment those times I've left so many souls on the ground and then was immediately cut down on my way back to collect them that the very least it can give me is a cheap boss kill here and there. So, But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to kicking this one down to you, Jack, because I, I do have it on disc. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, sweet. So yeah, it's all you when I'm done. And like I said, I am finishing up the, the included DLC uh, right now. So I, I, I'm on the last boss, but I'm trying to get every last bit I can out of this before I, I'm finished, for sure. Well, no rush, but yeah, I would definitely like to check it out at some point this year. Uh, so that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's actually like I'm tempted. I I haven't committed to it yet, but when we uh, think about our games that we force each other to play, ah. um, it's almost making me say uh, we should all play Demon Souls this year. But uh, the PS5 remake, but um, but TB TBD, give me some time. Right on. Well, boys, let's dive into it. We're doing our best of this year, 2022 Couch Co-op podcast. So again, the joy of this is just kind of taking a moment and pausing and realizing like that, you know, even though we do this as a casual project, in fact, I compare it really favorably to King of the Hill, where it's just four guys in an alleyway drinking beer and just every now and then going, yep, yep. I mean, that's more or less what we're contributing to the greater atmosphere of gaming podcasts out there. But it means a lot to me, all these moments. Did you just compare our horrible podcast to the brilliance that is King of the Hill? <laughs> I compare in the mundane spirit of what we contribute to the conversations of video gaming as a whole to like what it would be comparable to sitting across from Bill Dale and all, or Bill Dale and all the rest of them. Boomhauer, Hank. Just, uh, yeah, it, it's, I always say like, this is the equivalent of like, if we were born 10 years younger, we'd have some crappy band and we'd be hanging out in my garage, drinking beer, strumming on basses or whatever, and arguing about trying to do some like, you know, bar show every now and then. But this is, this is much less embarrassing and much more controlled and we can do it in the, without annoying our neighbors. So, um, so top moments, uh, I'm going to start it off. Um, I always like it when we get guests and uh, this year we got tool geek, Ryan, your friend, the fellow that you're playing uh, grounded with, um, you know, it's always neat, especially somebody coming with the PC background, like he had to kind of get his perspective on what he plays because there are just certain games that are only really in the PC universe. And he in particular plays some pretty dedicated strategy games that I, I find them interesting to hear about because I have no interest in ever committing myself to playing them but it is neat especially because the way you know he approaches things and all that it makes total sense why he dive into it so um that that's one of my favorite ones just purely based on the fact that you know i like getting you know fresh voices and takes on things you know with our little show here and 
and he's always willing to give them if we can never wrangle him to sit down on the front of the mic. So that was a good one. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how different you can approach gaming, where it's like I like playing games that you can finish in 10 hours on a pretty consistent basis. If Ryan doesn't get like 800 hours out of a game, he might just be like, oh, not, not, not sufficient. I believe Ryan has 2,000 hours on one game. Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably so, multiple. Um, Ryan, Ryan's included on my list in the sense that I've kind of grouped up uh, Elden Ring for me. Um, but having him on there was great fun. Uh, he offers a lot of insight that I think the three of us, uh, I don't want to say don't have, but maybe just don't shine a light on as much. Whereas, you know, he emphasizes it. He really cracked the egg open for Hades. Uh, he, we were at work and he really suggested this game. And I was explaining how much I don't want to say, and Jack, but Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> years, years of me blowing up super giant games. Well, and, and, and complaining about how Hades wasn't available on PlayStation. <laughs> Ryan's getting the credit. What the hell? <laughs> I worked with Ryan at the time, so him force-feeding it to me was probably the emphasis on that statement. Sorry, Jack. You father. should have harvested more minerals, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but needless to say, I, it's been fun playing Grounded with him. And he was actually the person that led me through all of Dark Souls 3. So whereas you're discovering a lot of stuff, he had already, this was his fourth playthrough when he played that game with me. So basically it was like, we're going to make a left here and then we're going to, there's going to be two bad guys around this corner and we can just leave them alone because they're not worth it and all this stuff. So my experience playing video games with him is, uh, well, at least the Soulsborne stuff. And he was doing the same thing for Elden Ring on PC was basically he he gets so involved into these games that he can memorize these very small details that you know tend to leave my mind i don't know about you too but memorizing that there's two bad guys around this corner at the very beginning of the game you know having played through it you know whatever times i'm not going to remember that but ryan's gonna know oh yeah yeah there's two guys here so we can just dodge roll as soon as we hit this edge so yeah like it's pretty funny because he jumped into grounded with us and we'd already had a few hours to kind of like get the the basics under our belts. And I was still like struggling with like what buttons are what, because he's now using an Xbox controller. And immediately he's just building things, crafting things. What, has he played this before? No, it's just because he's just got a lot of experience and he's really good about that kind of stuff. But then he doesn't play a whole lot of adventure games. So he just constantly finds himself like, falling down cracks the same crack over and over again to his death or or running or, off cliffs or running off the same <laughs> cliff so the platforming part of him is very minor you know and that's something that this game has a lot of so um yeah ryan was a great guest to have i think on this podcast uh, I'd love to get him back too, because uh, like I said, he, 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 you're right. He offers some interesting perspective sometimes of Eric, just he approaches things as a whole differently than, than we all collectively do. So, um, and he's always been a joy to talk to. So, and especially when video games, one of his favorite topics, um, boys, any other episodes that jump out to you or um, for me, the month of horror was a really good time. 
Um, the fact that we focused on these horror games for October, you know, or at least games centered around a horror type scenario. I mean, Resident Evil Village is straight up a horror action game, right? And then you have Cult of the Lamb, which was, you know, a very, I don't know if it was horror, but very Macabre's like, you know, Macabre, was it Macabre? Machiavellian? No. Macabre. Oh, Mac- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not spelled. <laughs> Great. Um, I think... I think all 13 of our listeners understand what we're talking about. Can you edit that one out, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to the front of the show. It's going to the front. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought it was fun. And, you know, one of those games being my game of the year for all of us to play and Resident Evil Village being one that I think all three of us just kind of generally are like, yeah, let's jump on it. uh, was a very fun time. Um, I don't know what it is with the season thing for me. Uh, Having played Miles Morales during Christmas and then forcing people to play these horror games during October but I think it just kind of helps zone me in into that like mindset you know it's like oh cool this month I'm gonna be trying a bunch of different games that I normally don't try like I don't I, play straight up so I was gonna say uh, I, I actually was gonna comment that that was one of my favorites because that, that was your contribution this year and last year was you made it a point you were like for this season I want to do this and that's why we all agreed to play originally the plan was village but um we kind of snuck cult of the lamb in there too it's around the same time and the fact that jack and i went back and played biohazard kind of leading up to that too just was a nice little ramp up but yeah even with miles morales last year with the the whole christmas theme um yeah yeah i think it's it's great i love those moments where um you know you taking initiative be like this sounds like a fun fun idea for this and that's kind of what i've enjoyed with this show again of just kind of that king of the hill guys in the alley chatting kind of nature of it is it is fun to say like oh why don't we just try this out and see what happens because we're not chasing views or listens or anything like that we're just kind of you know getting together talking about video games and at the end we can post it somewhere so um it is fun because you're right i played some games i probably would have either put off or maybe not even got around to largely because of the season of it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of neat seeing, you know, that component when you have everything going around to, you know, decorations and whatnot in town. So getting into that spirit. So it's a neat, neat little touch. Jack, any thoughts on uh holiday gaming? Uh, you know, every year, my wife makes me watch like The Grinch and Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Home Alone with the other weird kid. Um, and so it's good to have a Christmas tradition I actually enjoy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think we watched Die Harder this year. So <laughs> it's usually one of the diehards. I think we only have two of them that are Christmas theme, but you know. Those are always fun traditions. I think this year I'm going to try and focus on Easter games. Easter, huh? <laughs> I'm joking. We got to find a well. There's got to be a one you can be a, a bunny. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely bunny games out there. So yeah, there you go. Some some game with some eggs. That's what we need. Easter eggs, <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> uh, for me, I think just. We we talked so much about like Elden Ring this year. Last year it was Hades, like that that game of the year that kind of. But 
the thing that really kind of encompassed the spirit of this year for the pod for me was how we bookended the year with the last of us two in the beginning in February. And then towards the end of the year, we did God of War Ragnarok. And while those were like more self-contained pods, just how like in depth those storylines are, how we all played them, you know, within the same time frame. And just being able to really dig into these games as as the three of us all together, I think, I mean, one, I loved it because, I mean, being able to talk in depth about The Last of Us 2 was just like, you know, as a video game nerd, that's that's amazing. But it was just kind of like a, a, an example of what we did all year. We played a lot of video games together this year, way more than we have in the past. And being able to like make that more the focus of this pod, whereas we're kind of like running out of those like softball pitch, easy topics for, you know, what, we, what we've done more in the past. Like, oh, yeah, let's just talk about the best uh, the best protagonist in the game. It's like, well, we can't do that every year. Um, so so having like us all kind of come together as a as a team to like really kind of jump into these games together, like Cult of the Lamb and Resident Evil Village or Halloween games. Um, I just, I just really like the direction it's going. Um, and you know, we've trimmed down a lot, you know, usually we only do one every two weeks now as opposed to one every week. But, um, even though we've done that, we've, we've had more actual games played together and, and that's what I like to, to really jump into. So that, I don't know, that, that was what I thought was really cool is, you know, last of us two. Um, I mean, it would not have been the same experience without being able to, you know, kind of collect our thoughts as a, as a team together. And, and same thing with God of War Ragnarok. Um, was Elden Ring the first game since we started the podcast where the three of us were on it at the same time? No, there's no. been many others because uh, there was Hades. Well, I'm talking about in the same game at the same time. Oh. Like as in a multiplayer grouped up. Oh yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, we uh, played many games. Uh unless you want to count like Rocket League. But uh this was the first one that we were all excited to play <laughs> actually in the same room. And uh no it, Rocket League, uh by the time we all played it together, you got that was well after you guys had already gotten, you know, well up the ranks in it versus Elden Ring we played pretty much out of the gate, so we got hyperinflation platinum, okay? It's <laughs> like high bronze, low silver players. Somehow Still a platinum. <laughs> inflation hits video game rankings too. Yeah, right? I was pretty good the first like month that game I came out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree, Jack. I, I think it's been fun. It, it's nice too, because we've been doing it, like I said, almost a little over two years now. And it's nice um, kind of seeing how we've all evolved in our opinions on things. Um, you know, I, I always like hearing, you know, Dave's perspective because Dave cues in on certain aspects of the games that like I have a tendency to overlook. Like part of the joy of talking about Elden Ring so much was hearing about all this lore that, exists out there and it's freely available i just blew it all off when i was playing it so like that that was particular the episode that you and i did dave for about radon uh that boss fight um based on our time playing him together like it was just kind of neat like having you share like so much of this background because i just thought the spectacle was cool but then hearing his background on top of that was like awesome And, and again that's like a part of gaming it's so neat when we play these big epics like 
God of War Ragnarok or a Hades or anything where there's so many different factors to consider of, of why it's such an excellent title. And so appreciating that. And then obviously Jack's ability to just like hit the ground running and basically, you know, <laughs> if there's a game that you've picked up and enjoyed and haven't beaten, I'm always shocked to hear about to say the least. Um, that well, isn't I hate losing. If I'm not winning, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if there's ever somebody who's stubborn enough to beat a title that, you know, within reason, like I, I'm not counting some of those RNG ones. That's, but... why I get, that's why I get defeated by like Disco Elysium. You know, I have to read. I'm like, oh, this is too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to it. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is too slow. <laughs> That's why I like listening to Dave explain it to me because I was like, I'll take an hour and a half recording after actually paying attention to the damn game. <laughs> I did all the Charlie work. That's cool. I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> no. Explaining Disco Elysium. But no, I was going to say, like, with all of that being said, like the confidence that's being gauged of, of being able to, like, actually review it and kind of give an opinion on and coming from a background saying, like, hey, we played a lot of games together. So here's why I think this sucks, or here's why I think this is actually a superior quality that this game offers compared to other titles. And, you know, again, it's just a matter of a, the confidence of of actually getting comfortable talking to a microphone or whatever, because it's always awkward, you know, when you re-listen to it, but also again, like just getting comfortable, like playing a game and actually formulating that opinion rather than just deriving, you know, whatever a critic said about it or or whatever, you know, the perks of the game are, they're advertised. It's like, no, you can take a step back now and say, like, I've played a shit ton of games in this genre. This one doesn't match up, and I believe this for XYZ. So I think that's a cool, cool aspect, especially for how well I know you guys to kind of see how, how more freely it comes to share said opinions on certain things. Um. I I really enjoy, and I hope this never changes, and I doubt it will. Um, is what have you been playing lately? Because I think that really emphasizes our own styles, you know, without the major influence of each other. Because you know, we have the games that we play, or we're going to talk about, and we focus on. But there's a lot of time where we're left to play what we want to play or what's convenient for us, you know, depending on what's going on in life. And so that's always something I look forward to because that's where Matt plays, you know, the games that I wouldn't even touch with a 10 foot pole, you know, and, you know, you go through and talk about it. So I get to learn about this stuff and the same thing for Jack. So that's something that, you know, I know we've been doing it since day one, basically, but I I just really got to emphasize it's something I really appreciate. It's not just a tune up for the podcast anymore. It's become our opening segment is what have we been playing lately that's been the most consistent you know we we dropped um God, what was that segment with the demo demolition. demo demolition which i hope we bring back i'd really like to bring that back um but just just for emphasis on hatred you know but uh you could, you're gonna have to use one of your forced games of the year for those demo demos you're gonna make that was my idea originally, but uh, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> Real drag. To, to be fair, at the time, we didn't realize that the demos they gave you with the old PlayStation Plus were absolute crap. Like, no. it made total sense up until you actually logged on. It was like, 
oh god it's a bunch of phone games and then like three titles that came out four years ago and like two weird indie titles so did um did wonderful 101 start off from demo demolition or was it yeah okay so we did have one success story (laughs) one No, that was a Dave pick too. But yeah, I, I agree, Dave. Um, I, I'm actually really excited this year for the um, what have you been playing lately segment because especially now that Jack has the Xbox and you guys are going to be able to play through Game Pass, uh, there will be a lot of dis- you know disparity. Like this last year was excellent because we played so many titles together, but I think it will be cool too to have like a mix and match like going into this year where you're going to, at least for the first few, few months, probably be playing a lot of games that i don't even have access to uh let alone all you know collectively so um yeah i i think it is neat too to kind of see the different personalities jack's always listing off games i've never heard of you know dave will like it's either jumping back into a title that like i didn't realize like he still plays or or it's like you know taking on some massive triple a like game that like i thought he had played years ago but it just put on Mm. the back burner so um you know and then there's always me who's good for some crap that you didn't even know was available (laughs) for download because it's so poorly rated so (laughs) there's always that factor too yeah i always stop i always stop skimming once i hit the low 70s on open critic and (laughs) half your games are below that so what what is this I keep telling you, Jack, I'm a video store kid. That has a bit fascinating, like, box art. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're. I definitely appreciate that, you know, we got to play some excellent games this year. I think that um, certainly some of the titles this year for, you know, having two in God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring, which are easily like very upper echelons of games as a whole um and to the fact that like i believe i was the only one that had village on my list for top five this year um also speaks to the kind of the quality of some of the titles we played this year i mean it was it was on mine in like october and then you know just a couple games towards the end of the year pushed it out like you know you play 40, 50 games over the course of a year. It's, it takes, you know, it's really got to be like, speak to you to get into that. I still think actually one of my favorites was the inscription, even though it didn't make my top five was because that game, that was Jack, your choice for a game that we all had to play this year. And and I really liked that just because it caught me so off guard because it was so weird, which actually fit in perfectly with just the themes of that game where it was like literally, I just get a text from you guys saying like download inscription (laughs) and it's like, okay, (laughs) like never heard of this. have no idea what I'm getting myself into log into it. Of course it looks like a shitty indie title with bad graphics. Must be a Jack game. The dung eater approves. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it it was just such a cool experience because it was such a wild ride and, and yeah, like going into that completely like caught off guard because I believe you guys had started a few days earlier and then just for me to boot it up one weekend, it was like, holy crap, you know, like where the hell did this come from? So uh, that was probably my favorite pot of the year because it, it was the game that I made you guys play. Um, and it just, there was so much to talk about from that game. Like 
and you you know gave me the uh the reins to do the hosting on the podcast and i was really able to like kind of come up with a unique structure that we haven't done before for it because it's so spoiler heavy and um yeah i, I don't know it was kind of like it gave you that feeling of, of doing a book report in school but on but on a book you actually really enjoyed um so that that was probably my favorite part of the year like just kind of hosting that one and, and really diving into such a strange and unique game uh i i really enjoyed this series of episodes for elden ring um i i started off with tool geek where we talked about anticipated games and elden ring was brought up and then we had our first impressions episode and then we did our star scourge episode the impact of elden ring and then finally with elden ring down so uh, this being the game of the year, I think pretty unanimously for the whole gaming community, for us to like kind of try to look into it before it even arrived. You know, we witness the arrival, we get on the ship, and then we depart and get off. I think that was a pretty cool adventure for us, you know, and it took up like four or five episodes, really, in a sense. You know, and like I said, you know, this was the first game where all three of us were in the game at the same time playing through it, you know. So for me, I thought, the Elden Ring series of episodes was really cool because it, it kind of has a chronology to it that so many of our other episodes, some, a lot of them do, but it's like part one, part two, or we just started it and finished it. This is, this is straight up. It hasn't arrived. You know, we're playing it and we finished it. So I, I thought that was really cool for us to all go through um, and, and then picking out a boss fight, you know, for us to, you know, shoot the shit on and for me to, you know, exposition all over the place was, you know, pretty awesome for me. Yeah, that was a great experience. And I thought it was a fun way to break it up rather than just literally breaking that game down in every possible way. Um, our, ours was very much, like you said, it was, even though we, we have, you know, very clear focus on each episode, like, you know, one, like when we were talking about Radon, it was more just being able to jo- share like stories about the joy of playing just casually with friends rather than focusing too heavily on to overall the complexity of the game or why it deserves to be game of the year. It was more just like, yeah, no, this is a big ass boss and it's pretty cool when you're fighting him with a friend because uh, when you fight him by yourself, he's kind of lame, <laughs> but he's cool when he first comes up, but then you just kind of ride around on the horse and it's pretty easy to hack at him. So um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people are having trouble with this boss. It's just, circled him with my horse and smacked him <laughs> <laughs> no but when you play him and you don't get that option like it, it's pretty awesome going into it with a friend plus dave, dave was so kind because i got to do the ultimate dark souls when you summon in somebody and then you immediately get smoked like <laughs> within the first like 10 seconds <laughs> and just like that sense like my favorite part of playing a souls game is that sense when a pure stranger on the other side of the world is just shaking their head in shame because they got summoned in just to watch you get killed right away <laughs> it's like dave was so understanding when i got hit by arrows each time we were just trying to activate the boss fight so um so that was a real joy but also like you have fun like that but then we have like the early first impressions we have obviously the end like it it was i enjoyed it because it's to me it was more just like us like sharing our thoughts on it rather than trying to treat it like this is some like true like pinnacle of video game journalism (laughs) 
so yeah, you know, and I'm not going to say I'm going to try to duplicate that experience for 23, but um, it'd be cool if it happened again, you know. Well, uh, we'll but, see what our titles end up being. I mean, you have a huge one lined up for us in Witcher 3, which uh, love it or hate it, is still considered one of the best games of the past 10 years for sure. So um, we're certainly going to have to share thoughts on it if we're giving it a fair shake. But not all of us are really anticipating this game. <laughs> well, anticipating, I mean, <laughs> that word can mean a lot in different contexts. Anticipating pain and boredom, yes. Anticipating <laughs> shitty combat, absolutely. Dialogue that I skip over and then don't understand the story later and get frustrated that they have a crappy narrative, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm probably just going to like watch quick, hurriedly watch like four <laughs> episodes of the Netflix series and then lie out my ass the whole time about like, yeah, man. And then the part when those like banshees came out, that was wild, bro. Plumber's <laughs> like, uh, I, think, I think that was in the book. Are you getting confused? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that was the game. <laughs> I didn't realize how buff the guy is. Like, he's like really big, like Superman big almost. Like. <laughs> Uh, now uh there's definitely um some other things that were fun too this year like um i actually thought it was a neat idea jack that you introduced the revisiting some of the old game of the year awards just uh, as we've entered this era where i think this is the first year where it's made the leap where the game of the year awards are actually kind of treated with a little bit more respect universally um i saw some numbers i think i read like 300 million people uh tuned into that I yeah insane I, I had no idea it was that big no wow. it, it it grew substantially um ever since uh I, I think that's part of the reason they cater so much to kojima because he brings out all those a-list actors and things and a lot of the time they get a few of them to show up and then uh yeah just the fact i think a lot of people coming off of covid too who got more into gaming during the isolation years so well, I'm I'm stoked you enjoyed that because um, I actually had it on my list as as one, some of my favorites for the year, and I didn't get the impression that you guys were as into it as me. You know, I'm obsessed with you know ranking and categorizing everything, and to me to go back and like have this historical context, like when they first come out, you rarely have you played more than like half the games, but like five years down the road, you've pretty much played any game that you have any sort of inkling of interest in, so you really have like you can really compare and, and talk about them all and where they stand. And, and if you, you know, I mean, not just our opinions, but just like how, how the community views these games after years. Cause some of them like were really well regarded when they came out. And then five years later, people are, you know, shitting on them. Um, so it's, I don't know. It, it's really fun to kind of go back and have that context for me. And I'm hoping, you know, once we kind of run out of steam this year, we can do a couple more of those. Cause, uh, we did 2015 and 2016 this last year. And uh, yeah. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I really enjoy them too, because you're right. Like the historical narrative behind these, some of these games, particularly now too, like Elden Ring is like by far the greatest game that came out this year, but it will be interesting to see how it holds up over time, because it's also one of those games where how is pu- how is the opinion of it going to shift with 
how many gamers who maybe started it couldn't get into it and just abandoned it because even though it got all these accolades, it's still a from soft game that isn't exactly the most inviting for all these noobs that of those 300 million that are tuning into this thing, you know, that like a huge chunk of them are like folks who are probably a lot more casual than, you know, or not willing to put in the time it takes to figure out that kind of a game. Those are also the people who are not going to go on Reddit and bitch about it. They're going <laughs> to play COD instead, which is probably a better use of their time. <laughs> also very true, but just more so like, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, it, it is neat seeing that perspective. Like when you look back on it, it's like, how in the hell was that game not heralded for what it was at the time? Because maybe it had just come out and like the community was just building up and then, it's not until way after the fact that it's like, look at the legacy of it. So, yeah. and yeah, no, it, it's just kind of a neat, like extra wrinkle to go through. It's kind of like when you're digging through old, like articles from like NBA or whatever, and you forget that some guy had a cup of tea playing for the wizards or whatever. And it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot that guy like was part of that blockbuster trade and just spent like two years toiling and mediocrity there before he like, ascended after the next trade or left in free agency so there's a little bit of that side of it too where it's like oh yeah i didn't realize that game came out that year so yeah no that was the fun part about revisiting those game of the years because back then i didn't really focus so much on those um i think i just got a playstation 4 so i think most of my experience was on overwatch battlefield one that kind of stuff and so to go back and see like one how crazy some years are with video games with which ones came out you know because going back through that i was like oh i didn't realize like all these games came out on this year and how insane that can be and then you know how the next year might not be as strong so and is what's interesting is would elden ring have one game of the year like two or three years ago like that's kind of a question i asked myself yes that's my answer (laughs) yeah but would have beaten the last of us (laughs) too that will be one of those like you said jack our softball questions we're just kind of like oh we're out of ideas how are we gonna fill an episode (laughs) i know um (laughs) that brings me to one of my favorite pods of the year and that is uh we did games of the generation now, both both those games you just mentioned, I did not include in my rankings for that because I played them both on a PS5. But uh, being able to talk about my favorite games of the last seven, eight years as I, you know, uh, moved on from the PS4, uh, you know, once again, I love doing this. Uh, I love I love listing everything out. And I, I don't know, I was just really cool, like going back and kind of like figuring out where everything was and, and hearing where you guys had everything as well. Yeah, for me, it's it's neat because it's an exercise and something I don't ever commit to usually. And that's where you'll get me with my uh, classic re-ranking after the fact. But um, <laughs> but it is, it's neat because it, it kind of puts me on the spot and forces me to have to say, like, what do I actually truly value or think of certain games? And, you know, I have a tendency to overvalue certain ones based on uh, the sentiment I had while playing it, but... Um, sometimes it's neat battling that whole like how much does the total package matter versus like what was just my general opinion as I was playing it so 
um, I, I enjoyed the mind exercise of it. And it's kind of neat too, to see uh, how my opinion changes when I actually have to commit to saying it and having it recorded for posterity <laughs> so that I can look back on it and be like, Oh fuck, that game's really not that good. But <laughs> But it was my favorite experience of the year, so fuck it, I'm going to go with it. And I know that'll piss off Jack. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, this year in particular was such a grueling experience. You know, Elden Ring came in third, and this game that came out seven years ago came in second, you know, whereas the game that came out last year came in first for me, so... That, that was definitely one of those sentiment versus gameplay versus like overall package of the video game was such a harrowing experience for me when I actually had to put it down on paper and, you know, reveal. And you guys pretty much understood what the top last three were going to be for me, but which order were they going to be in, you know, must have been kind of a little bit of a surprise for you guys, I imagine. So I had everything on your list down to a science, except for I just can't believe you had GTA 5 that high. Oh. That was that was my only. Sh- I thought you were gonna have GTA Five at four, and everything else was exactly where I expected. Yeah, no, uh, I love that game. It was so much fun, um, and you know, it wasn't because the gameplay was ultra good. You know, I played Red Dead Redemption Two, where they were able to tighten up all those mechanics that they introduced in GTA Five, but it was the characters, the story, um, just the world that they created, and how you know, how much of a reflection, a caricature of our modern world was at the time. So, you know, I think that's why it got as high as it did, because it's not like the graphics were better than anything I was playing currently. You know, Elden Ring in itself was just so much more of a, you know, attractive game than GTA 5 was. But got to say, you know, I always just got super excited when I was turning on GTA 5 to see, you know, what kind of crazy stuff was going to happen. So, yeah fun when you play video games (laughs) well speaking of which one of my favorite episodes had to have been the cuphead one only because i know that dave hated that game so much (laughs) (laughs) and dave was trying so hard to be polite and not actually blatantly air that out but it was painfully obvious about halfway through the recording of just how much disdain dave had for having to play this game (laughs) so that oh, was boss almost shut me down until I got past her. But <laughs> I was just like, oh. I think my favorite thing was how that all shook out, and that it was my original pick for you guys to all play. And then, fortunately, Dave hated it so much he didn't finish it, so I could make inscription my uh, my secondary choice, which I like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that that did work out in that regard, and it seems fair because you had played it previously, Jack. So it was well, kind of nice. You were already playing it at that point, so I didn't feel too bad about. Yeah, my... you're trying to make me feel bad about Witcher Three. Is that what's happening? Oh, you will feel bad once I actually have to experience it. But <laughs> we'll see. I, I hope I get into Witcher Three. I just I played, I don't know, at least ten, fifteen hours of it back in the day. Um, and when, when you play 10, 15 hours or something, and the most exciting thing is some terrible like card game they include in it, <laughs> you, know you're, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> I, I might rethink my pick then and reimburse Matt if you already got it. <laughs> Give it I'm, time. Give it time. I'm, I, I'm super down just because it's it, it comes up too much to the point where it's like, I 
if I'm serious about video games, I have to at least like give it a shot. Cause it literally is like the only game ever mentioned. If you go on any like message boards about video games of like, what's the best game you ever played? Oh, Witcher three. It's like, well, over and over. Yeah. And Skyrim is just too dated uh, for like me to jump back in that now, you know, as much as people, you know, absolutely adore that game i just don't think realistically i'm gonna enjoy that so far i i did skyrim never did anything for me so i i i don't think it would be worth it but i know dave you got the platinum on that which is impressive um impressive is that the word you're looking for (laughs) shit bucket (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it it didn't click, so I'm worried that Witcher 3 might be the same. But but I'm going to give it a shot because, again, like I said, I do care about video games. And, uh, you know, I owe it to myself in that regard to give it a fair shake. I, th- I think with the updated, you know, PS5 version of it, it might be a little bit easier pill to swallow. Um, that initial cutscene was pretty, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, having started about like 10 minutes into the ps5 version you know where i left it i was like i I think i might want the other guys to play this version because of just how gorgeous it is so i mean hopefully it's a pretty looking piece of shit that you guys end up (laughs) (laughs) um so what about the ugly boys anything from this year that you didn't enjoy that we covered all all the awkward stuff i say and do like one of my favorite episodes is the Star Scourge, and I recall an event where I was, I think, getting ahead of myself, and the look on your face was, I had to kind of stop and rethink what I was saying, like, uh, what's going on? And Matt's just like, no! <laughs> He's like, no, stop! And I was, <laughs> so, I think that just shows how, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a rookie at this anymore, but sometimes the way I think out the structure of my thoughts is not the tightest and it could be tighter um like i I think jack and i listen to actual like podcasts and you know in my case i listen to radio too so i think um that helps too to just formulate kind of it differently for this style of communication whereas um dave you're pretty real and raw so you just kind of speak like you would if we were just talking casually but thinking from the context of creating like the story you know a whole show idea yeah there are definitely some times where it's like oh shit dave just revealed dave just broke it all in the first 10 minutes here we go (laughs) massive spoilers four minutes there's been too many times where the look of horror on your guys's face popped up and you're like no and i'm like uh okay we we all have our own style i like awkwardly interrupt a lot that's I think like when I think about it, that's my biggest weakness. But Dave, like he'll like get too high and like ramble on about something for like twelve minutes. <laughs> I'm like, what, the, what is going on here? <laughs> so we all have our strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, most certainly. I mean, it's an awkward experience. And to our credit, like one of the things I do enjoy about what we do is we don't spend a lot of time going through and curating. Um, as you'll see with a lot of the professional podcasts where pretty much everything, like there's lots of pauses, lots of breaks, because clearly they recorded something, realized it didn't sound great, or they sa- had a moment, you know, and they cut it out. But we're kind of warts and all here, which 
I think it's pretty cool. It's it's kind of like the one shot, and you know, every now and then you'll have some moments where <laughs> my my personal favorite from twenty twenty two definitely was Dave with the. <laughs> so when are we gonna do games we hated? <laughs> and Jack and I look at each other. It's like we did that last week. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> But yeah, uh, no. Uh, it's, speaking of we, games we hated, you say, is there any pods that you do not like? I do not like the games we hated pod because, well, I, mean, I talked about it on it. It's just like it's so awkward to like rip a game that is clearly made with like love and excellent craftsmanship, just because either I suck at it or I don't like the particular game style. But I did like how uh, you threw me a bone on that one, Matt and. Uh, Plumber, he chewed me out for uh, my my bad prawn dish for my kids that day, and you threw in like a minute long clip at the very end of it as a little Easter egg for me, where I told Plumber to fuck off. <laughs> so, you you know what, Matt, you 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 take away, but you also give. So uh, that's the sign of the best the best kind of host. Well, I was going to say, I'm not getting rid of the games we hated because you you play games you curate, you've actually viewed like critical analysis from. And, and like you said, it, you stop looking if it's below a seven, basically. But Dave and I play some real shit. So every now and then you just have to have that purge of just being like, no, fuck that game. Like, I don't care what anybody said about that game. So. I mean, that was my favorite part. It literally started off with Dave feeling like, yeah, Cuphead, fuck you guys. So <laughs> it was perfect. It was like, yeah, it's okay to acknowledge like it just didn't click. And, you know, because that's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but I, I like, um, I, I have mixed feelings. Like, I feel like that there were times where I appreciated that we were willing to try new things, but I'm glad that we kind of moved away from focusing on timely uh, gamer things, like specifically like news. There were a few times where we considered t- discussing it and a few times where we even considered doing episodes dedicated to particular stories. But I think in most cases, you know, at the end of the day, we're not uploading immediately. We're not interested in doing that sort of thing of, trying to stay super relevant and trying to keep up with the social media and all that nonsense. So it is kind of refreshing. Just be like, you know what, just let that be its own thing. And every now and then we'll talk, touch base on some big things. But again, like I said, I appreciate we tried it out, but. Or some little things, you know, like I'd rather talk about like a trailer for the last of us which I'm really interested in. I could talk about how much fun and how much I enjoyed it rather than like some serious video game issue, which any other person online could talk with more expertise than me, you know, and you know, we're not hot take artists either. So we can't just like <laughs> come up with some stupid crap. Well, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to say that's something I appreciate too. Um, whenever we do touch on the news, it's usually relevant to what we are focusing on during the podcast as opposed to breaking news so and so you know left photos of something here and here you know we we just that's not our style you know we're not we're not super plugged into that social side so that's something i really appreciate about this podcast yeah i it that was pretty much what i was going to say too it's the other factor of it too is some of these stories just evolve so much that like i really don't like the era we're in where you can just spout off hot takes and don't get held accountable because you just bury it with more hot takes. And 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I like to believe that for the most part, we're trying to put our best foot forward with what we say. And when you're doing that, it, there's certain things that just it isn't worth discussing unless you're, like you said, Dave, unless you're actually tied into the actual story itself or, or doing the deep dive into the research. Like, you know, I'm very interested to hear about what's going on with the studio that did, you know, Disco Elysium, but I'm watching from far and reading the recaps and hearing very biased opinions from both sides. So it's, I don't have an opinion based on that. You know, <laughs> my opinion is I'll wait and see. And it's very unfortunate because I thought that they had potential to make great games. You know, the Bayonetta three voice actor thing too, is such a can of worms for an industry. I know nothing about. So even though like I have some gut first th- instincts, it's like, why would I want to go on record throwing that out there? just so I can look back on it and be embarrassed when some professional comes out and says, no, actually X, Y, Z. And, you know, so, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Jack. I think every now and then focusing on like a trailer or something that may mean something to us is fun. And also something that is very specific on actually gathering our thoughts on something that we collectively all kind of care about versus, you know, trying to stay relevant with any of the news cycle, which is just an absolute nightmare now. Um, Any other ones? We definitely delved into a few of our other kind of like unofficial top lists this time around, but we have been moving away. Do you see that being something we're going to continue doing in 2023, gentlemen? I would like to go back and I guess we like add on or addend some of them or just kind of revisit like you had mentioned Matt um it'd be fun to go revisit some of those last episodes and see what's changed since we first started because like I said I hadn't played I didn't even know who Star Scourge Redan was until this year or 2022 so would that per you know would that fight knock off another boss fight that I had on it so I don't want to do that every year but it might be cool to come back you know, sometime this year to revisit it since we didn't do that, you know, for a while now. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I could also add on the Rat King from Last of Us 2. You know, you can add on, you know, a boss fight from Village if you wanted, because there was some pretty fun boss fights in that, you know, like they had differences and that kind of stuff. So um, I wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, of course, I think the end of the year top 10s are always going to stick around. Um, as long as Jack's on the podcast, they'll be around, which is a good thing. It, you know, it allows us to fo- hyper-focus our thoughts on the video games that we're playing and, you know, to, to really focus on what's important for the, each of us. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know me, I love lists, but I, I think at a certain point, you just kind of run out of like interesting topics. Like we got to the point where we were doing like worst couples in video games. <laughs> I was just, at that point, I was just like, all right, this is this is getting there guys um but i still want to do best bosses you know annually best bosses i think is awesome um yeah yeah i agree with that i i would like to revisit that one and i do agree dave that i think it would be fun to go through some of the older episodes and pull some of the data from it um you know i'll probably have to go through and listen to them and send Jack a list of what was said so we can kind of all keep record of <laughs> what our original thoughts were versus where we are now that we're a little more comfortable with it, 
And you, I mean, shoot, you tell me what topic you want to talk about. I'll go listen to the, you know, I'll, I'll do the aggregating. <laughs> I might have to. I, I Eventually, I think we should start keeping some records of this stuff just because it'll be fun for you to put me on blast when all of a sudden I'm talking about some game as if it's a five-star rating with actuality. The first time I was like, that eh, game sucks. Like, I mean, so. I do. I do. You know, I checked out all of our top fives for the last several years and uh you know that's why i named you retcon matt you know because <laughs> what's going on <laughs> there's um, a lot of mental gymnastics at play like <laughs> the eyes are going all over the place and just kind of so when i was talking about how excited i was for ragnarok coming around the corner because it i felt like it'd been a second since i played this like huge triple a super fantastical bright colors like good voice actor stuff um it it was one of those moments where jack goes oh that's funny it didn't even make your top five <laughs> you know and i was just like you know this <laughs> like you know this he's like yeah i went back and listened to it and it's just like god damn it all right so and then he pulled it on you so i don't feel as bad <laughs> i'm the worst i i know i'm the worst but True. <laughs> Again, like I said, purely emotional with these reactions versus actual well-formulated, thought-out opinion. So uh, it's good having an actual record of having to face that and be like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's been a lot of fun this year, boys. I, I definitely like the direction we've gone with a lot of things. Well, we can't skip we did something this year we'd never done before. Something I try to make happen tonight, and I, I got two-thirds the way there. But um, we did Multiplayer Madness, our pod, where we all three of us actually got the spirit of couch co-op together and sat in the same room together and did the pod. And, uh, I mean, it, it just had a completely different vibe to it. Um, I felt like, you know, like the conversation was just a little bit more natural, a little bit more authentic. Mm-hmm. Our, our typical pod and uh, i don't know that was one of my favorites of the year um oh yeah not to sure. come out of this hole like you know you're pretty excited <laughs> yeah no that that was a lot of fun uh it was great to actually see you boys uh in person for the first time in years and yeah well definitely have to do it again um and i i couldn't remember which episode but yeah you, you're absolutely right i was glad that um you mentioned the specific, the multiplayer madness coming off of actually getting to play couch co-op games with you uh, on a literal couch, which is yeah. Uh, yeah something... We had shredders and uh, man, can't remember what else. That what dub, that about? Warner Brothers game. Uh, what was oh multiverses? Fun? That's right. Multiverses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's been a real blast in that regard and yeah i I would love to be able to do that again um because you're right obviously like we speak differently when we're doing it we record over zoom which are all of our millions upon millions of fans can attest to probably impacts the audio quality slightly but part of the reason uh, we do that is because we can get the visual aspect of it but it's still not the same from sitting around in person like there's certainly a performative aspect that comes whenever you're sitting in front of a camera like this that it's nice to get kind of removed from when you're actually in person so yeah even sitting here next to jack for this podcast uh i felt like 
the timing has been a little bit crisper. Um, interruptions aren't as like daunting because you can see the other person kind of like trying to wind up or you can hint that I'm going to like lay something down, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I hope we get another episode in 23 like that, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if I could say I could host it at one point or I'd be down to go anywhere, you know, that, so it's not a big deal. We'll figure it out. I mean, we'll certainly, um, you know, once the weather shifts, it opens up a lot of uh, potential for things. So right now it's hunkered down for the winter time, but I'm uh, hoping this uh, spring and summer can actually get together more often and uh, barbecue some meat and actually do the real king of the hill thing of standing outside mm-hmm. and go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> What'd you think of Dark Souls 3? Good. Good. Uh I just want to say I <clears throat> I still love the fact that we're doing this. Uh I love the fact that you guys are my friends and that because of that, I've like played so many video games that you know I just probably wouldn't have touched without you guys being around to really kind of influence me in that manner. So something that happened to me, you know, seven, eight years ago is I got away from like being fixated on one game for months upon months or years upon years and in, in many okay in circumstances and playing just like a lot more variety and it's been kind of cool because i feel like dave's the last couple of years probably partially because this pod has kind of done the same thing is Very that yeah. it's no longer just like battlefield one for like six months straight or monster hunter world for four years straight no until, uh, <laughs> until the second game comes out <laughs> way more like um open yeah open willing to just jump into a game that only taken like two weeks and uh i don't know it just kind of adds a lot more fun to be able to talk about this kind of stuff because we're you know i i couldn't agree more i mean that that's always been kind of my opinion of is there's those moments anytime you play a game that consumes you a bit like sometimes you'll have those moments of just like what the fuck am i doing like how much time did i commit to this stupid thing i'm but having the, you know this is it's such a nice grounding experience to be like no at least i have opinions on this like your mind's always working when you're playing the game you're thinking about what you're experiencing but you know i'm not going to go on to a freaking reddit gaming or whatever and get <laughs> shit on for posting like i like this level you know and immediately get destroyed by some trolls or in fact i'm pretty sure i'm banned from that subreddit for like one time trying to post like a link to our podcast so like but that's what i mean like there's no like there's certain parts you can talk about with people at work about video games but like i'm not going to nerd out about like the last of us 2 for 2 hours with somebody that I have a business like a acquaintanceship with so you know it's good having two of my my best buddies to like have a standing date to get together where it's like all right every two weeks we get to like catch up and you know touch base on whatever we've been playing but also like secondary too is like we're getting older so it's harder to get together so it's nice just having an excuse to be like hey let's how's everyone doing like you know I get to find out about jack and the family i get to find out dave you know where you're at what you've been doing with your days and stuff so it's nice to like have that like continual checking because i'm so bad about just sending a text to be like you know hey how are you like you know so using technology for greater good i always underestimate how many texts we send each other when we're all playing the same game together and like today i was trying to go find out like some information that i knew we had texted about 
And I'm just like scanning through pages and pages of text of us talking about like God of War and Resident Evil Village. I'm like, God damn, like. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that factor too, though, it's it's fun. Like, it, it's almost like the go ahead where it's like, if we all know we're collectively playing a game, like it's, I don't feel bad, like just like sending out some crap or whatever. Cause, cause again, that that's one of the shames about getting older is like, it's harder to reach out and just kind of be like, Hey, uh, saw this article. It made me laugh and think about you. Cause I don't want to be one of those boomer guys sending out freaking a chain letter <laughs> to like a million people all at once and getting no response. So I, I, and I think I spoiled the game for you through a text chat. So I mean, you've done that, you've done that <laughs> twice to him. Let's go back. I was like, Blur did this twice. No, oh the, man, I'm the worst. <laughs> and I'm it's always worst. me, like five minutes later, being like, Matt, don't open your. Ragnarok <laughs> <laughs> was. was the most recent, oh. but then I was going back, and you did it with inscription too. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, inscription was what I remember. But well, oh, good, yeah. Jack, yeah, I sent it, and Jack goes, "Are you sure he's there yet?" And I was just like, "Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good." Honestly, like at the end of the day, like both, I don't think either times it actually impacted my experience. So, um, yeah, you're too nice, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got enemy of fun. We got dung eater. Dave could be a spoiler heavy Dave. <laughs> Dave the spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> the spoiler. Because <laughs> he is definitely always the one in the pod, like like you were saying, Matt, four minutes into like some heavy game topic. <laughs> like, yeah, this is oh, when that guy died. Yeah. And then Joel died. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> spoiler heavy game strikes again. <laughs> there there's one episode, I'll have to dig it up. I think it's like one of the first ones we did where I I'll never forget. We we're like, yeah, we were kind of like, okay, no spoilers. All right, we're we're good. Like first sentence out of the gate, tapes like, yeah, I couldn't believe this happened at the end. And this is a game where X Y Z happens. It's like, oh god, the whole thing's all laid out. <laughs> one, I mean, one of my favorite, one of my favorite episode or experiences playing with you guys online was. Uh, the first fight or the first boss in Elden Ring where I got to him a little after you guys and it was just the cinematic like kicks off and Jack's like oh you gotta watch this is so sick this is so sick and then Dave starts to explaining like the lore or something over <laughs> and then it's just Jack in the background yelling at Dave like Dave you're talking through the whole damn thing and meanwhile I'm just like seeing some guy ripping a dragon head off and like, pointing on his arm and have no clue what he's saying because all the years you guys bickering in the like it was like simultaneously the most annoying and most hilarious moment it's just like oh god this is exactly why i don't play games online but this is so funny <laughs> uh damn it's a shame because uh dark souls 3 is fun to play with other people um it's i don't know it's not as crazy as Elden Ring is in that sense of like, you know, there's this huge expanse, but the map is so dense and so like good at wipe running around itself that I think playing with other people through that experience was a lot of fun. But yeah, let let us know if you want to do Demon Souls this year, because I'll probably hold off on Dark Souls three if I don't want to I don't want to overkill myself on that style of game. Uh 
I, I'm torn. Um, but that's high up on my my list of games I would consider, especially now that it's part of the PlayStation Network. So I hear um, Demon Souls the remake is really well done. Like I guess they take just good advantage of the PS5 technology. You know, it's, it's specifically for PS5. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be interesting what that means because the only other game I hear that with is like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which had some stuff, which was cool, but didn't really like move the needle for me. Um, I think Bluepoint does that game, if I'm correct. And I think they've remade a few other games. I think they're on the cusp of becoming one of those studios because I think that's how the good studios start. They remake stuff. They, you know, understand how mechanics work while juicing up something else to improve the game. And then hopefully at some point their creative juices explode and they're like, okay, you know, let's do our own thing now that we have all this experience about how to run a studio. So uh, I'd play that game in a heartbeat. If you suggested it, it'd be no qualms to start that up because that that's the first right from well outside of kings but yeah really like part of the souls you know series of games so yeah i'd be happy to play that if you picked it so and it's free (laughs) and it's free i i'm i'll think about it i've actually beaten it already so it's kind of a oh yeah yeah (laughs) not not the ps5 version oh okay but the original so it's it's more a matter of like you said jack of after I finish up Dark Souls 3, if I have another one in me um, anytime soon. But um, again, like I said, this is also the first time I actually played one correctly coming off of Elden Ring. So where it's like actually knowing where to put my resources in to maximize how I like to play the game. So yeah. um, I played, I mean, I've talked about this before, but playing Bloodborne blind, my original playthrough, and just getting absolutely annihilated compared to using the a uh, min max guide online and just crushing it it's just such a different experience i i'm curious i'm tempted on that one partially too because i hated bloodborne my experience with that game was absolutely miserable because i was terrible allocating my resources Mm -hmm. because everything was balanced and i sucked at everything so coming Mm -hmm. off of actually playing at the min max uh Again, I'm curious to see what my opinion on that game would have been had I actually known what I was allocating my resources towards to best, you know, take advantage of how I like to play. Well, boys, any uh, hopes for 2023 moving forward with our little show here? Yeah, demo demolition, baby. Let's bring it back. (laughs) I just want Silk Song. Give me Silk Song, make you guys play that. It'd be wonderful. My God, we're gonna have like pretty much three games dominate our. If I pick Demon Souls and you did Silk Song and Dave picks Witcher Three, we're gonna basically have our entire show be dedicated to three games. <laughs> mm. could, do <laughs> <laughs> could do worse. Could do worse. Be talking about video game news. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true we'll no uh, i'm with you dave i want to do demo demolition again i think that would be fun here and there especially now that we have access to uh better uh demos we could do just saying just laying out there we could do two picks each this year ah, ah. semester one and semester two 
to be determined. We'll have to see. Um, But yeah, definitely have to think on that one for sure. All right, boys. Well, I think we about covered our best of 2022. Unless you have any last thoughts. Nope. All right. Good to hear. Well, boys, it's always a pleasure. Really love that you've been so enthusiastic with keeping up on this one. Um, like I said, it's always a joy. I look forward to uh, every two weeks when we can get together and just chat about video games as our excuse of sharing our love for one another when actuality, it's really just an excuse <laughs> to see how we're doing and make sure that everything's good in our world. So uh, it's always a great pleasure to get together with you guys. I love you and looking forward to more of this in 2023. Happy New Year, guys. Happy love New you. Year's. Happy New Year.